Hello, this is Michelle from the Lost to Light podcast. I'm joined here today with my lovely co-host, Angie. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Good, Angie. How's, how's life treating you? Oh, it's going good. Going good. <laughs> All right. Well, I am really excited today about our guest. And I'm just going to dive in because I have a lot to talk about. Yes. So our guest today is Beth M. Howard. And I I use her middle initial because there's another Beth Howard that she gets confused with sometimes. So she's very good about adding her middle initial to her things that she does in life. Um, Anyway, Beth is an author and a blogger and... Um, she actually was born in Iowa, in Ottumwa, and she lived there, I think she said, until she was 17, and then she moved, um, her family relocated, and I believe uh, they are in California. Anyhow, she is also um, a former resident of the Iowa's famous, the American Gothic house. Um, She lived there between 2010 and 2014. She has authored several books. Um, The one that I read first was Making Peace, which was a memoir of love, loss, and pie. She was married to her husband, Marcus, and he passed away suddenly in 2009. Her most recent book is titled World Peace, and that's a very, very interesting uh, story about how she went around the world making pie in several countries. And peace is P-I-E-C-E, like a piece of pie, right? Yep, yep. Anyway, I first heard about Beth back in 2012. I was watching uh, national news, it was CBS, and they were interviewing her about her living in the American Gothic house in Iowa. And she had moved into the house uh, and began making pie in her pitchfork pie stand. I think the reason her story resonated with me is because I learned at the time that she had lost her husband the same year, the same year you lost your husband too. Anyway, so her story hit me, hit me kind of hard and I listened to her story and, um, she had published a book about her husband, and so I had gone out and purchased that book. And then I uh, signed up for the Okoboji Writers Retreat in Okoboji, Iowa in 2021, and much to my surprise, she was on the speaker panel. So I got to meet her and sit in on her panel, and I actually had lunch with her the first day. So that was very exciting to me. And uh, I've always looked up to her because of um, her book that I had read. So today we're going to visit with Beth about 
that journey from her loss and how she found her light. She's very remarkable, has accomplished so much in her life. And she's actually um, doing a new project that is not writing a book, but creating a documentary to include um, Ragbri, as well as other pie stories in Iowa. And for those listeners that don't know what Ragbri is, um, it's actually Ragbri stands for the Register's Annual Great Bicycle Ride Across Iowa. It's been going on for many, many years. So with that, um, we're going to get into the interview, but Angie's going to speak a little bit here first. So we are going to recap about a little story of Beth and her beginning of her journey. I just wanted to let everyone know that we are started, we started using a new platform today and normally I don't hit record to record our podcast. You know, Michelle and I come into a studio. And so I just want to explain to everyone that Angie herself flubbed up and I forgot (laughs) to hit record. So we missed the first 10 minutes of Beth's interview. And when I did notice it, finally I hit record. Nobody knew anything. She did an amazing job, but Michelle and I are going to fill in just kind of we took notes during this whole time and we're going to just fill in what we know. And we are going to honor Michelle's um, conversation that she had with us the best we can. But again, um, new technology, I'm human. So I apologize to our listeners that missed the first 10 minutes of her conversation. Oh, actually, actually, Michelle talked for the first five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. I don't think we've really missed too much of her actual we do. And I know that, um, you know, Michelle, why don't you start off? She was living in Portland, Oregon. Right. Right. Okay. And like I said, her husband, Marcus died in 2009 and she told us how it was a very complicated grief because he died suddenly and it was only hours before he was actually supposed to sign their divorce papers. And so she felt that she struggled with this thought that she had caused his death. He had a sudden death due to a ruptured aorta. Yes. And so her um, grief was very complicated and she gave herself a grace period of about a year to try to work on her healing. And she shared with us that she went to therapy a couple times a week and, and she um, found that making pie and sharing pie became part of her healing journey. Um, She's told us how the act of using her hands to make the dough and peel the apples was very therapeutic in, in her healing and processing her grief. And then she was uh, working on a documentary um, with a friend of hers and they began um, connecting with others in the community as they were, sharing pie stories and making pies and giving pies out. And she felt like that connection with the strangers that she met along the way really helped her uh, move along in her grief. And then after the one year anniversary, around the one year anniversary, 
she was trying to decide what she was going to do with her life next. And she ended up coming back to Iowa, which is where her roots began and became a pie judge for the Iowa State Fair. And then uh, after she left the Iowa State Fair, she was driving around and she saw a tourist sign for the American Gothic house and decided to go visit the house. Is that that's I'm correct. Yes. All the points, right? Yes, you really are. Yeah. That one thing I'll add, I did ask um Beth um after she left before she had left um the West Coast was what was the best grief pie that people always went for? And she had stated the apple pie. And she said it was because she said it was easy to throw blueberries into a pie, but she said the act of peeling um, the green or the apples, you know, the peels off the apples was just very therapeutic and it's more work. It's healing. So I just, I was kind of curious about the grief pie, but other than that, yes, you are, you are moving in the right direction. And so, um, yeah, so she, she went to the American Gothic house and for those that, aren't familiar with that. It's a, it's a prominent spot in Iowa, in Elton, Iowa. And it's the actual house of the couple that were painted um, for the American Gothic picture. Well, they, the picture is with the pitchfork. It's the pitchfork with, they're holding it and it's an older man and lady, correct? Right, right. So anyway, when she went there to visit, they had this little house for rent. And what was so interesting is she told us the rent was only $250 a month. This was back in 2010. And she said that the people that rent the, or the group that rented the house was a historical society yep, or yep, something. Correct. Yep. And so she ended up moving into the American Gothic house, which is a very cute little house. And she began making pies and called her, she had this pitchfork pie stand Mm -hmm. where she made a lot of pies and sold a lot of pies to the community. Correct. Yes. Yes. And that's, and she also just talked about how she could not believe that this historical house that was so um, well known was only rented for $250 a month because she said that's how much she was paying for her storage unit. And so she's just like, why don't I just move in there? So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, I think that probably recaps the, yes. the little bit that we didn't actually get recorded. I do. I believe so too. So um, I do apologize for that, everybody. And um, just, you will be able to, this will just continue on starting with Beth's conversation, probably right now, immediately. Okay. Rather have snakes than mice, because you don't see the snakes, at least not very often. But. Yeah, I was surprised when I visited the house at really how small it is from the outside. It's uh, not very big. It looks small, but then people come inside and they go, oh, it looked so small, but it actually feels pretty big. And you know, when you go into an empty house and it yeah. with no furniture, when you're like looking to buy or rent a house and, and it, it just, and then you'd be amazed once you get the furniture in there, you're like, oh, it's 
actually bigger than I thought, right? So yeah, it, it yeah, was a little dis- right. it's deceiving. It was yeah. the perfect size for me. I think it was. I want to say it was like nine hundred square feet. It might, but that might not include the basement. It had a, you know, upstairs. My bed was behind the famous window, and this really sharply peaked ceiling. So my mattress had to be on the floor, <clears throat> and. And uh, there was like a little dressing room up there, too. There was a gothic window on the back side of the house as well as the front. So that was kind of an added bonus. And then just, you know, nice little kitchen and living room. And then what was what would be the dining room I used as my office. Also, I just moved all the furniture around whenever I had the pie stand. I had to, like, create space for work tables and pie displays, pie shelves was mad. If I remember the interview that was on CBS, it was actually inside the house, wasn't it? Yeah, we were in the kitchen mostly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you were baking. Well, and the the correspondent, she was loving it. I mean, I think think that crew had like one of the best shoots ever because they were just, they got into it. They were all making pie. And then there was like a parade in town because it was over the 4th of July, I think. And yeah, they had a good time. Oh, fun. That's fun. So um, why not you, so this was the the lead into you beginning to find your light again was making pies, but then you found romance when you moved back to Iowa. Do you want to share anything about that? Because that kind of leads into Camp Doe, right? Right. Productions. So um, the first winter that I was in the house, I thought, well, I'll, Obviously, I'm not going to spend the winter in Iowa. I'll just go back to California where my family is. And uh, the roads were icy, so I couldn't get out. And I had a Mini Cooper. And I was like, I'm not driving my Mini Cooper in the snow. It's the worst car to drive in the snow. So I ended up staying in the American Gothic House over the holidays that first year of um, 2010 into 2000, what, 2011. Is that right? Yeah, that was two, yeah, yeah. 2010 in January 2011. And that's when I buckled down and started um, working on my book about pie and about how pie heals grief. That was my first memoir, Making Peace. And and funny, I had been trying to sell a book about making pie previously because I was going to write about how I quit the dot-com job in San Francisco and started making pies in Malibu and how, you know, the simple life was, you know, La la la, you know, <laughs> I restored my spirit after this hard dot com job. But, um, but the my agent said, Oh, there's not enough conflict and tension. So then when Marcus died, I was like, Oh, well, there's some conflict and tension now. And, you know, my pie part of the story had evolved. So I wrote Making Peace that first winter, and it came out in 2012, spring of 2012. And then, um, you know, people would come to my pie stand that summer and buy copies of my book or they had already you know, bought the book and I had gotten quite a bit of publicity on the book. And one of those customers was a farmer from a town called Donaldson, which is about just less than an hour away to the east from Eldon. And I remember this farmer, uh, you know, he was very quiet and a gentle person and he invited me to go kayaking, but he um, had brought my book in with him to, for me to sign. And he was commenting how uh, that he saw that I had done this outdoor adventure school, my senior year of high school, I graduated early and did a three month wilderness program in the Rocky mountains, 
well, he had done the same program, just a shorter oh, wow. version of it in the winter uh, for ski backcountry ski touring. So that's what he glommed onto out of all the details in my book about the pie and the grief and the everything else, you know, and he's like, oh, you do this outdoor adventure thing. So, yeah, so he just invited me to go kayaking and I never could go because I was way too busy with my pie stand and with my books and everything else. And um, but he kept coming back every summer <laughs> to my pie stand. And the very last day of the last the last pie stand I ever had in the house, I saw him in line and it was packed. I mean, people were in line out the door wanting the last day of, you know, of the pie stand. And I saw him and I said, Hey, I can finally go kayaking. And so oh. it took, uh, you know, what, three years, it took three years. Now uh, this is a hallmark, hallmark story, yeah. isn't it? Andy? <laughs> oh yeah, really? he's a farmer. He's a farmer, and my dad said never marry a farmer because <laughs> he knew that I was like a world traveler, and you know, he's just like that's never going to work for you. You need to be in. A, well, like I can understand because you know I'm remarried, and I remarried to a farmer too. Can't get them off the farm very easy. No, you can't get them <laughs> off the farm, but especially if know. there's animals involved. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. What, does, what what kind of animals do you have on your farm? So when I first moved onto the farm, uh, he had pigs and cows and now just cows. Okay. And cats. At the moment, we have 10 cats <laughs> because, you know, we had two. And then there are a couple strays that showed up who, oh, they were pregnant. Uh, and then the, the father, he's definitely the father of the kittens. Anyway, so there's five total. And, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of vet bills because he had to get everybody fixed, except except the mom couldn't catch her and she's pregnant again. So anyway, so. <laughs> never we ending. That, we have that going on at our house too. I And I'm the cat lady that... I turned out just like my mother. I'm putting food out every day for these cats. Oh yeah, we are just spending a fortune on food. But yeah, I, don't, I mean, it's like, where are they gonna go? There's nobody else wants cats in the area because everybody else has the same problem, like you just said, you know? Yeah, so, everybody does. If you're but on a I, farm, you just can't give your cats away because everybody else already has 10 cats or, or more. Well, and our cats, you know, they go up and down the road. We see them walking into other farmsteads. You know, they're checking out what food they get at the, end, the next farm. That's a great story, <laughs> that though. Is. Beth, yes, I, I love that story. Eight years on the farm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and his name is Doug, so we call it Camp Doug. Well, I think other people were calling it Camp Doug, but then I moved in, and then somebody on my Facebook page said, oh, if you put an H on the end, it's Camp Doe. And I was like, that's genius. So, yeah, so I added an H to the Camp Doug on the mailbox. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Angie, do you have any questions before we have um, Beth tell us about her latest adventure? I don't. I just, I'm very, I'm very impressed with all that. That's just, I love that story so much. And, um, you know, I just, yeah, my, my heart goes out, just like Michelle said, you know, we're, we're all widows and it's amazing how we all just kind of find our light, you know, through, through everything. And you really found it and I love it. So well, I just yeah. feel like you have a choice, you know, you either give up or you carry on. And mm -hmm. so Always. 
Uh, And also in my bookmaking piece, I talk about Marcus a lot, how what he would have wanted for me, you know, like how he would have wanted me to use the money he left behind, you know, like how he would have supported me. And I, I carry that with me a lot still, you know, just cheering me on. I guess before we get into the um, Camp Doe Productions, your latest project, we maybe want to talk a little bit about your um, most recent book because, and I read that book, and I have to tell you, um, let's see, the title is World Peace. And I'll let you tell the whole story about your book, but I read it, and I felt like I was on that trip with you because the book is so well written and the details make you feel like you're in all these different countries. But what I thought was so neat was you had used your late husband's air miles, right? Mm-hmm. To buy the ticket. And it was almost as if he was very much a part of that when I read the book. Yeah, so that's I'll, let true. You, I'll let you uh, talk about it. So when Marcus passed away, he he had been an executive for Daimler, which is company that makes Mercedes-Benz. They make Freightliner trucks also. And he traveled a lot for his job internationally. And so he had 420,000 frequent flyer miles that he left behind. And I, I had the miles and I'd been saving them and saving them and saving them, thinking one day I'd like to use the miles to do a, one of those round the world tickets because, you know, you can buy it with just, it's a set price or set number of miles. It's not like every single flight requires miles. It's a, it's a set thing. And I just thought that sounded like a cool thing, but I didn't want to do it as just a vacation or a tourist. I wanted to have a purpose. And so uh, I had always wanted to go around the world and make pie in every country that I went to. And, you know, there was just never a good time. I had um, the dog that Marcus and I got together was still alive and I couldn't really leave him for any length of time. And I don't know, I just always had some excuse for not going. And I didn't think I was had enough energy or time or whatever money. And the miles were expiring. So after I moved out of the American Gothic house, after getting burned out on the pie stand and people wanting pie at all hours, even when I wasn't open, (laughs) uh, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I decided, okay, it's now or never. The miles were expiring. And it's like, if you're going to do this trip around the world, you got to do it now. So uh, I, I took my dog to Doug's, you know, the Camp Doug. It was a great, it's a great place for a dog, any farm, you know, where you can run around without a leash and, you know, swim in the pond and chase after sticks. And you've got a farmer that lets you go around the farm in his pickup truck with them and stick your head out the window. I mean, come on, right? If you were a dog, Good life. Like yeah. a, dream summer, a dream summer. So I left my dog at, at Doug's and I went around the world for three months and, and made pie in nine different countries. And and there were countries where I had either gotten an invitation or, you know, it was a place I always said I was going to go no matter how challenging it might be, like India. Um, and and so I just, I went for it and, and I went to Germany, which is where my husband was from. And I hadn't been back there since his funeral. 
when we had a funeral for him in the U the U.S. where he died and then, you know, flew back with his body in a casket in the cargo hold of the plane. Not fun. Um, and we had another service for him in Germany where he's buried, well, cremated and buried, but I uh, hadn't been back there. And his parents didn't want anything to do with me after he died. So, so it was really like grief upon grief in that regard. Like I couldn't even stay connected to that one big piece of him, but I had stayed connected with his cousins and they lived in a different town than the parents. And so I ended up staying with the cousins and, and we made pie together because that's what you do, right? <laughs> you go around the world and you stay at someone's house and you're like, hey, let's make pie. So the yeah. whole family got together on a Sunday and we made a bunch of different pies and sat down and ate pie together. And it was just the most amazing thing to you know, be Feeling. able to use that as a way to bring everybody back together, which was, I have to say, it was a little awkward at first, but, you know, but that broke the ice. And I think it just underscores the power of what a pie can do. You know, people come together around a table and share something homemade and warm and delicious. And kids just covered it in ice cream because it was too hot to eat. So it was like, <laughs> you know, uh, it's a memorable day. And then uh, we drank champagne and toasted to Marcus. And it was um, it was the anniversary of his death that year. So. Yeah. Oh, the visual yeah. is very um, peaceful to me. So I think yeah. that's, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a hard trip, though. I was going to spread world peace. P-I-E-C-E <laughs> is the title of the book, World Peace, as in pie. But, um, but you know, there's a lot of really challenging things that happen. You know, I was in a Syrian refugee camp delivering pies, and one of my pies got tossed into a ditch. I watched it go sailing through the air. That had never <laughs> occurred to me that that could happen. And, um, you know, there's like the migrant crisis going on, biggest migrant crisis in Europe in years. And um, people, countries like Hungary were closing their borders. They, clo they closed the border and they stopped the trains like two days after I left. So I made it out of there just in time. I mean, there was just so many things. There was a bombing in Bangkok um, a month after I was there, right next door to the place where I was baking pies every day. It just, you know, I came back pretty discouraged and uh, it's taken me a while to kind of go, oh, you know, there's there's still hope for humanity. And, and what I took away from that mostly was, you know, it's in the small things, the small acts of kindness that we do for one another. And, and I think that's what keeps us all going. I mean, think about if somebody did something really nice for you unexpectedly and it just kind of like, it's like what you needed at exactly that time. And it's like restores your faith, right? Restores yeah. your faith in humanity yeah. that we can still well, look after each other. Well, if our listeners haven't read any of your books yet, I encourage them to find your website, Beth M. Howard, and take a peek at her books. I've read several of them and they're all very good. And uh, I've also used her pie recipes and... The dough turns out really nicely. So <laughs> I used to buy my dough frozen from the grocery store. Now I actually make it. It's not that hard. That's the thing. I think no. I think I just no. help take the fear out of it for people because it's, you know, you just read too many magazine articles or the perfect pie crust, the perfect. No, it isn't supposed to be perfect. You know, like let that go and relax and just no one cares. They, all they care about is that you took the time to make it, you know, that there's something right. about time is the magic ingredient in a pie. 
you know, and yeah. it isn't that much time either. You know, it's just, I, mean, I also think that um, people's pie dough often doesn't turn out because they follow the recipe too closely. You know, it's like sometimes you need to add a little more water. Otherwise it's not going to, your dough isn't going to hold together. So I just, yeah, I don't, I don't use recipes like too much. Uh, I don't take them too seriously. Just guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know I am very excited um, about your upcoming project that you've been working on this past summer because um, I'm born and raised in Iowa. I've lived in Iowa my entire life. And Ragbri, I grew up with with Ragbri. And for those uh, listeners that have not heard of Ragbri before, it's the uh, Register's annual Great Bike Ride Across to Iowa. And the reason I think for me that when I think of Ragbri, uh, it does my heart, you know, gives me a warm feeling is because my late husband, Joe, one of his hobbies was bicycling and he had a dream of riding on Ragbri and he actually didn't, didn't get the chance because he died suddenly and tragically um, by a drunk driver. But after his death, I did um, sponsor a, a small group that rode on Ragbri and made shirts up for them and stuff. So that was kind of fun. But anyway, um, I'm so excited about your project and I've been following you, you along on social media, all the different little interviews that you've done and stuff like that. So I think I'll just let you jump in and tell us how you decided to, to take this project on and and I know this is your first time doing a documentary. And so, you know, what have you learned and what's the timeline and all that good stuff? So after World Peace came out, I did like a six months of a book tour. I was all over the place. I was in Colorado and South Carolina and Florida and New York and California. I mean, I was everywhere. I was... Uh, I worked really hard on that book. I worked really hard writing that book. It took a while to write it. And it was not an easy book to write. It's not an easy story, really. You know, as I explained all the things I came back after my trip around the world, just going, what was that all about? I, there, where's, the, where's the world peace? Where's the peace in the world? So uh, after my book tour was over, officially over, I had, um, uh, I had done a book fair in Tucson, Arizona. And after the book fair, I had friends there in Tucson and in Phoenix. And so I stayed in Arizona for a couple of extra weeks. And I just, I was, I was kind of panicked. Like, what am I going to do next? This is over. How is my life any different? Or, you know, like I didn't make a million dollars. I don't know what, you know, what, I don't know what I expected, but I just really got to us. I came to a stop and I was like, <gasps> now what? So I decided to give myself some time, uh, just to, again, like, you know, I gave myself a year, year long grace period after Marcus died. I was like, okay, I'm just going to give myself a little, I don't know, a grace period now just to catch my breath and just let the idea come to me of what's next and not, not force it. So I spent an extra three weeks in Arizona and I hiked every day up, up, up those mountains and down again. And I, it was being in nature was so good for my soul. And I will have to, I have to add that that is what I did when, uh, when I was grieving. Also, um, 
I lived across the street from a big forest and I hiked every day in the forest. Plus I had dogs at the time. So, you know, they needed to go out, but I think nature is, you cannot underestimate how important nature is mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. the healing process or, or just survival, <laughs> just, just for the soul. So oh, I, I agree. Spent, yeah. So I spent three weeks hiking, um, you know, staying with friends and family and just, just breathing. And I was like, you know, I don't want to write another book. I've written four books. I don't want to sit in in solitude writing every day and, you know, racking my brain like that. And uh, I had been trying to sell a TV show. I wrote about this in Making Peace. I had um, run into a friend in LA and she's a filmmaker and she wanted to make a documentary film about pie. And this was in 2000. This was just a few months after Marcus died. So right. and I had Marcus's old RV and we drove around for two weeks shooting stories, uh, interviewing pie makers and going to orchards and things. And that was in 2010. That show never sold, never got made. We were going to do a series. You know, they just seem seem like such a good idea, but it never got made. So that's 13 years. And I'd actually been trying to sell that TV series or some kind of, you know, pie show ever since. And Hollywood these days, they just want a pie competition. They want baking competitions. They don't want a feel good travel show. Unless you're like a big celebrity like Stanley Tucci or I don't know who else is getting, you know, these celebrities now, they get the big TV shows, the fun um, travel shows. But somebody that's just like me, like I don't get I don't get the pie show. I don't know. It's just a silly thing. So I was like, you know, I could just make my own documentary. And yeah. um, and then I decided to focus on Iowa because, you know, when I got that job in Malibu as a pie baker, my, I said, well, I'm from Iowa. Those are my qualifications. So the question was like, why do people associate <laughs> Iowa so closely with pie? And then, you know, Ragbri, you were talking about the bike ride across Iowa. That is like people ride their bikes across Iowa just for pie. Literally, there are, there's yes. Team Pie Hunter. There's Team No Pie Refused, which is a bunch of reporters from national public radio funny enough um <laughs> just yeah there's like pie mania on rag yes, it is. And of course there's the iowa state fair pie competition which is the oldest fair in the you know in the country and state fair and it's um their pie competition is fierce and they take themselves so seriously so i thought gosh there's all these great pie stories in iowa and that's you know manageable right to be in my own home state i know my state yeah. well and uh so so i started shooting this summer i uh and the film is called piowa so <laughs> i love, <it. laughs> I love <laughs> that i got that from uh ray gun you know the t-shirt company yeah. ray gun in des moines uh yeah they had a piowa was on a postcard of a bunch of different little iowa things and i was like oh that's such a brilliant name and that you know that encompasses everything so yeah so yeah. i've been uh filming since well i started in des moines with uh chef george formaro he's like what he's got like five restaurants or something like that including zombie burger and and centro and you know high-end places um and and then we went into uh Ragbri, and then the state fair was in august and then we've been interviewing different pie shop owners and, and pie bakers of all ages, a 95 year old woman who's my 
my best friend in Iowa. It's her mom. So we filmed her making pie. And um, I, my very last interview after Thanksgiving, I covered a whole bunch of Thanksgiving stories. Um, my last interview was with the executive editor for food of Better Homes and Gardens magazine. And wow. she also talked a lot about the famous red plaid cookbook, you know, which has helped many a pie baker over the years. Oh, yeah. 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 So when you decided to do this, did you have to come up with all your own funding for that then? Yeah, I got, uh, like, I got a couple people. Money? A few people donated money. I have applied for a few grants, but I guess I didn't do the paperwork right because I didn't get either either one. Uh, and I thought I was a shoe in for both. So it's just been interesting. Um, also, it hasn't cost me that much money because, you know, it was just driving around Iowa. I didn't have to get airline tickets. I didn't have to really pay for hotels. We camped on Ragbri like everybody else because good luck getting a hotel room <laughs> anyway right. during yeah. Ragbri. And anyway, that's not the spirit of Ragbri. I mean, right. we, yeah, we stayed in a couple of people's houses, but uh yeah, I just kind of bootstrapped it and I don't mind doing it that way. I mean, I don't, I didn't want a big crew, you know, I've shot a lot of it on my iPhone. I got the, like the latest at the time it was the, in June, I got the, the iPhone 15 hadn't come out yet. So I got the 14 pro max and it was a really good investment because uh, you change the settings to shoot in the highest resolution and you get a very high quality picture, you know, it's now like will a, you do your, all your own editing for that. So this is like, I'm just learning as I go along, no. which of course I love, I love that anyway. I want, I wanted to have right. a new challenge. I wanted to learn a new medium and, you know, it's, I've edited stuff in iMovie before. So I kind of have a, you know, the basic grasp right. of editing, but now I've had to buy the more professional system, the Adobe Premiere Pro, and I'm still learning that. Um, but my plan is to assemble the story myself. Because, you know, like if I write a memoir, I'm not just going to hand my journal over to somebody and go, hey, exactly. you know, story out of this. It's like, no, this is still got to be my story. It's your baby. It's yeah. your baby. Yeah. So, so therefore, I have to put in the effort to uh, end time to really kind of learn the program better and and assemble the story, make, make a story out of all these, you know, various themes all pie themed, but you know, different <laughs> entities coming together. And then, uh, and then I'll hire a professional editor to like, you know, make it look amazing. Yeah. Right, right. So, so when do we, when do we expect this to be published? Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping for June. I do have some interest from Iowa public television, Iowa PBS, they call it now. Uh, so, you know, God willing, I will, be able to produce something and, you know, come up with a finished product that, that, um, meets their expectations. Something. So we'll see. I, I, I'm sure it'll be amazing. I have no yeah. doubt. <laughs> well, wouldn't it be kind of cool for it to come out too, like right around the next rag bry, you know, yeah, just because sure. it's such a I big thing. I don't think going to be the biggest part of it. I kind of oh, thought it don't? might be, but well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different stories, you know? Okay. So, uh, and then I was talking to PBS about it and they were like, oh, well, 10 minutes is actually kind of long. And I was like, cause I thought, well, maybe Ragbri will be like a third of it. And they, I don't know, I'm not sure. I, you know what? It's yeah, like when it, you write a book, the story reveals itself to you only as you get as into you it. As you go through so, it. Yeah. 
So I'm yeah. not there yet. And uh, so don't, a- don't ask. Because <laughs> I've had other people ask. I'm like, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't edited it yet. Let's, it's, it'll come together uh, as it comes together. And I really hope it will be finished by June or ready to air by June. But, I, you know, I don't want to uh, overpromise. And I also don't want to put too much pressure on myself. But I also, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on it either. You know, like some people spend years. I'm like, no, 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 no. I got to get on. I'll I'll have other projects after this one. So I I'd like to get this one finished, you know, and, and also honor all the people that are in it. And, um, I just want, I want to, I, for one, am excited to see the finished product. So yeah, I'm motivated. I am too. I've been following along. So I've, I've got a lot of interest in it. Um, but you know, like it just came about because like, I'm not sure I would have dived into it as quickly as I did, but Ragbri, that was a set time, you know? Those were set yeah. dates in the state fair. Those were set dates. And then I wasn't going to wait till next year, you know? So I'm like, well, yeah. if you're going to do this, better get moving. So dive in. myself into it. Yeah. What's next for you? After well, this, do you have something? No, I not something... yet. No, one thing at a time. This is sky's this is the limit. Big, this is big enough. <laughs> Yeah. I have a couple of uh, things percolating in Hollywood, but I don't hold my breath on that stuff. It's just like, yeah, that would be great if that happened. But yeah, like book to film yeah. stuff. But I, I, I yeah. like it's not even. I need. I want. I want to ask you this. I know, like, well, our listeners, you know, they know that I published a book this year. Better not better. Journey from heartache to healing about the loss of my husband and my grief journey. Um, I know. Congratulations on getting that published. Yeah, it it was exciting. But I know when I got done with it, I thought to myself, if I would have known how much work that was before I started it, I'm not sure I would have done it. Now, this is your first documentary. Now that, well, you're not there yet. You're not at the finish line, but you're getting close. What are your thoughts? Like if you would have known everything it, it has taken this far and what else lies ahead of you, do you think you'd have done it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And in fact, I would love to do another one. I'm would actually you? I'm would- already thinking about, well, what if I did another one? What would it be? You know, and I, like I said, I kind of see this as a proof of concept in a sense so that I can show Hollywood, hey, you know what? Uh, you can take your baking competition and stick it, you know, where, because (laughs) this is what people are going to really, this is what's going to resonate with people. You know, there's like real life. This is so much, there's so much heart and warmth and charm and, and love in this, you know, what people are talking about when they talk about pie. It's amazing what came up. So many people cried on camera because it just like, they were remembering their mom or their grandma. And it was really, really powerful. I'm like, you don't see that on a some contrived baking competition show, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that I, I'd love to keep going with this, maybe do it on a national basis or a series or something more, but one thing at a time, you know? But I do right. see the potential yeah. for it. I always have. And now it's just a matter of doing the best job I can do to put a good story together and I'm, you know, I, I'm, 
that's gonna be a lot of work. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm not, yeah, not I'm not halfway lot. done there. Yeah, I'm not halfway done yet. You think that I'm far along. It's the editing is the biggest part of it, honestly. Yeah. yeah sure. Well, you well, know, we I have just, a lot I, of listeners in the Iowa area, so yeah. yes, I'm sure everybody so. will be yeah. listening in for sure. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for you know for Piowa to you know to come out and and for people to see it, and hopefully I'll get to do screenings around the state. And I have this fantasy of like projecting it onto the wall and do an outdoor screening of, at the American oh. Gothic House. You know, the the oh, visitor center cool. has a big wall. Yeah. I thought, I yeah, really they cool. do. Yeah. Yeah. We'll how cool. That's great. Well, you know, Beth, I just, um, we're going to start wrapping it up here a little bit. I'm just, um, myself, I didn't know a lot about you. Michelle has talked so much about you. And I, you know, I've done all my research online and read everything about you. And um, I'm just amazed. And um, I'm very proud of you for um, what you have accomplished because. What you've done, um, most people can't do. And, you know, it's from writing a cookbook to starting a documentary like this. And then your future dreams and goals are just very aspiring for me and for many other people I know. And, um, and I just love the whole concept of it's all derived from loss and pie. And I just, it's just something that is just, I don't know, just, it's just filling my soul here. But you know, as we wrap up, you know, we kind of ask, you know, some of our guests, like, um, what's one of your favorite quotes from a book, a song, or something you've heard along the way that has really helped you and inspired you to find your light after your loss? Well, I have two. Uh, okay. One, a, a very close friend of mine lost her husband six months before me. Like, I had no idea that, you know, when I heard about her husband's death that I was going to follow her shortly after. And she met an old woman who told her, just adjust. Oh, just okay. adjust. I like that. Just so, adjust. I mean, I okay, like that. that's simple. But my yeah. favorite is uh, by Mr. Rogers. And he says, life is for service. And oh. I really believe that is one of the missing parts in our society now that people are not being of service to one another the way maybe we need we need more of that you know not so much me 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 and selfie mm -hmm. this and kim kardashian that but like no be of service to others that's that's my i would say that's my guiding principle which i love that learned and from I, my think, dad also. I think it's safe to say that your journey of lost to light you have been an example of service to others by carrying your message about peace and hope actually well and i don't and that's what it's all about i don't feel like that should be unique to me like i think anybody could do whatever they set their mind to do but you know like i make sacrifices to do what i do i don't make a lot of money and i don't live in a big house nor do i want to you know i i live very frugally and uh you know i don't I, I, that's a, that's a trade-off I'm very happy to make. And I think that's one of the things that keeps people from following their own dreams is they get themselves, you know, financially strapped or, you know, uh, in credit card debt or whatever. I, you know, I just won't do that. I keep, I live lightly so that I can afford to do the creative projects that I do. And also I'm just really hungry to learn new things. 
And so, I mean, anyone could do it, but you just have to have the curiosity and then also the discipline, you know, and you know, Michelle, what I talked about in my writing workshop, it's like, do you want to write a book? Well, then stop talking about it and just get your butt in the chair and do it. You know, like you told me write the damn book. Well, and you did. Right. And you know how hard it was. And if, was if, you're willing, if you want something bad enough, you just decide and then you put the work, the time and the work into it. And it's, anyone could do it. I'm you, Anyone can learn these things. It's just how bad do you want to do it? And I just I need I need the challenge and I love what comes out of it. And I love all, mm-hmm. meeting all the people that I meet. I think that's one of the biggest joys, too, is connecting with people. That's when yeah, I'm in the right yeah. place and on the right track, when I'm just like meeting people who they, somebody knows somebody else I know and all these connections, you know, I love that. Yeah, I do. I, I love I love the curiosity part that you talked about and then just, you know, creating creating it. And I think that's very true. And you know, people are willing to help you along the way. If you just mm-hmm. don't be afraid to ask, you know, people are yeah. super generous. They've been so incredible incredibly generous with me regarding this film and telling me what they know and giving me advice and taking my phone calls when I'm upset, like, Oh my God, I did this wrong. What am I, you know, how do I fix this? You know, people are, there's, there's goodness out there. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Beth, you and I are a one percenter and Angie's on her way because she's uh, writing a book, I but know. there was a survey in the New York times and it said that 81% of people want to write a book. Out of that 81%, 15% have started. 6% have written half of the manuscript. <laughs> one in 200 actually completed the manuscript, and only 1% went on to be published. Congratulations, so, Michelle. Yeah, <laughs> you too. You have a yes. total of, is it four or five books? Four. Well, I have. I actually yeah. have a fifth manuscript in the drawer, uh, and but I turned that one into a screenplay. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. Maybe maybe <laughs> I'll go back and it's about the four years in the American Gothic house, not the moving into it, which is making peace, and then what happened after, which is world peace. But it's the four years of like running the pie stand. But I don't know. But I think I'm moved on to other things now. I'm doing the documentary, so. I proved that I can do the book. Now I have to prove I can do a documentary. (laughs) Oh, you you can do it. And so we are going to wrap it up here. I'm sorry we don't have more time. Um, Beth, thank you so much. It was lovely to meet you. And I will be rooting for you, for um, you to get into Hollywood and (laughs) beat those competitions out. (laughs) I know, right? Who wants to see a baking competition? Exactly. You got it. That already. <laughs> All right. Thank well, you. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, thank, thank you. So Thanks much. for having me. It's All good right. to see you. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye.